0: Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we're joined by Delin Berry, Director of Engineering and Co-Founder of The Receptionist, Along with our newest hire, Scott Julian, Senior iOS Engineer, we're discussing adjusting to meet customer needs and talk about our usual process for getting feedback and creating new features and the collaboration that occurs along the way. We also discuss how we had to adjust during the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic and what we're doing moving forward. As Scott and Dylan share, we regularly listen to our customers and potential customers, gathering feedback and experiences so that we can best meet our customers' needs. However, we may not always give them exactly what they're asking for. Check out the episode to learn more about how we adjust to meet our customers' needs. Well, welcome back to the show, Dylan. Glad to have you here again.
1: Nice to be here, Sarah. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. And Scott, welcome to your very first episode of the podcast. So share a little bit with our listeners, your title, what you do, and when did you get started with us here at The Receptionist?
2: Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. Um, my name is Scott and I am the senior iOS engineer at the Receptionist. And I started it back in February of 2020, you know, right before COVID hit. So I was pretty much bright-eyed and looking forward to working with my new coworkers. But you know, now I'm working remote and see their faces on the screens all day.
0: Yeah, the world had some other plans for all of us. So well, we're glad to have you here, even if we don't get to see each other in the office all the time. But good to have you on the show. So We talked a while back about this idea that the customer is always right. And as a part of that conversation, we discussed how our clients sometimes come to us with ideas or requests for features. So remind us the process that happens when we do get a request and how that may or may not actually come to play. Dylan, you've been doing this for a while. So what's our process?
1: Yeah. So uh, requests kind of come to us from a couple of different channels. Uh, First is uh, sales department talking to either existing customers or free trial people uh, starting a free trial or um, uh, a prospect who is just looking to learn about our product. And sometimes those people have feature requests or looking for specific things for our software to do, and those will come into us as requests. And then we also have uh, requests come in from existing customers to our customer support team through either chat or email or even sometimes phone calls. Um, and those all requests, regardless of where they come to, they sort of end up landing in engineering to kind of process and handle. We've got a couple of different ways that we do that. We've got like a tool that actually helps us categorize things, um, and then we have Slack channels that we use to kind of just have conversations around things. And that's kind of like the initial round of filtering is just like having conversations internally and continued conversations with the customer or prospect on what they're looking for, what problem they're trying to solve, what pain point they have, And then we begin to, once we kind of think that there might be something there, we try and expand the number of conversations that we're having to not just the people who brought the issue to us, but to other people who may or may not have additional input. And that helps us kind of test out and see what the scale of the problem and a potential solution might be to help inform the priority of something. And then from there, we then start actually diving into uh, fleshing out what the actual feature is and designing it, and, and maybe doing a quick prototype of it, or just getting some working code together. Um, and then we always like to put things into a beta release first to our customers and prospects to have them try it out before we can you know, like market it to everyone. That helps us, you know, make sure that we got things uh, set up properly and hit the actual pain point that the customer had um, before and squash any bugs that might be there in the initial. Uh, release. And then we can uh, announce it to the world and bring it to everyone um, via like a big marketing effort and things like that. So that's kind of a high level general purpose, general process.
0: Yeah. And Scott, what has your experience been like coming into a new company and dealing with these features requests? What do you think of this whole process that we
2: have? Well, it's pretty much par for the course a lot of the times, except in this scenario, this company is not as large. So I'm usually used to dealing with a product team who kind of filters out all of the feedback we get from our customers and sales team and stuff. Uh, So they're pretty much the front line of telling me what I should build. Um, But in this scenario with the receptionist, since we are more small, close knit, uh, we're able to get the feedback not only faster, but straight from the horse's mouth, like was Dylan was saying, where you can get it from the customers themselves so we know exactly what they're saying so we can approach the, a solution for their problem much easier.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes because we do have that access to the customers, it can feel like, well, we can get to them so quickly and we can address the issues, but that doesn't mean that we will address every single thing that our customers need or want, as Dylan outlined. So we're still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, and I can imagine that there was some fast tracking or some adjustments as all of this went on. For example, we created this contactless check-in feature. So can you share with us a little bit about that particular feature and the decision-making that went into fast-tracking that, Dylan?
1: Yeah, so a lot of our initial COVID response and research was very, very fast-paced and hectic. I think Scott and I were looking at some new bit of tech or some new idea that somebody had just about every week during the first couple months of, of COVID. And, you know, like a lot of the initial push was for, you know, like temperature reading. So we were looking at things like, uh, you know, like just little contact or contactless temperature meters and seeing if we could find a way to get that data off the, off the thermometer and, and feed it into our system. And then we were looking at like, gigantic actual thermal imaging cameras and what APIs they may have and all this kind of stuff because we had some customers who were interested in paying for those things. But then like as we sort of determined or saw what the, uh, what the what the actual appetite was from, it wasn't from everyone. It was only from, you know, kind of like select few customers. We kind of began to scale back our focus on temperature reading. and was looking for more things to, that we can do that were a little bit more like who we are, you know, and like focused on the visitor and what was best for their experience. Um, and so that's sort of how we came up with the idea of doing some con- something contactless, you know, where the visitor themselves is not touching the iPad, but they're interacting with um, the check-in process on their mobile device. Um, and we had a few customers who then were also reaching out because they had either seen competitors doing something similar or had questions or ideas themselves about how this thing might work. Um, and so that ended up being a really good, strong market indicator to us because there was just more general interest in this contactless approach. So we kind of very quickly sketched out some ideas around how it might work. Like, you know, some one of the biggest challenges was figuring out how do you get a visitor started on the process of starting a contactless check-in without touching anything. And so Scott and I kind of worked together on determining what that, um, actual user experience look like that was as seamless and 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 nice and elegant and didn't just like dirty up our home screen. Like one of the things that our customers really like is the ability to customize their home screen and brand it, and make it look good. And we didn't want to basically take all that customization away in in exchange for oh now you have a contact list. So we kind of I think we came up with a pretty elegant solution for for how that works. And maybe Scott might want to talk about kind of how how that came to be a little bit.
2: Yeah, pretty much exactly what Dylan was saying when we were uh, trying to think of a way we can check in people without actually touching anything it is pretty much we need the iPad to display some sort of way for the user to interact with it, right? Most people have smartphones, so if they can interact with our iPad by scanning a QR code, be able to check in, then easy peasy, we can interact without having to touch anything.
0: Yeah. And Scott, what was your experience with collaborating around this? Not just with Delin, but as you said before, with the company, you're able to really connect with our customers, our other team members. And as we talk about on every episode in our core values, collaboration is one of those core values. So were you surprised at how the collaboration occurs, especially around this new feature?
2: Well, yes and no. I wasn't surprised in the fact that when I first interviewed here, that's one of the core values they were talking about. So I expected it. Um, And then when it actually came time, I was just pleasantly surprised at how well everyone was collaborating. It was nice to be able to get feedback uh, from not only internally, but externally as well, because normally we're approached with here, go solve this problem. And we would solve it the way we think we know how, but when actually come collaboration time, like, well, let's work together to solve this problem and actually build a better product.
0: Yeah. I think um, when we've had some of our newer hires on the show, it's you get a sense of our, our values and how strongly we believe in them. But I think you know there's been other experiences where then you go to the company and, oh, we just talked about it. We don't actually walk the walk. But here at the receptionist, it's not just talk in the interview process. It's actually this is who we are and what we live out. So we're glad to hear that you weren't really surprised because that's, that's what you expected.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm just saying exactly. Like- I kind of expected, you know, uh, talk the talk, but see if they walk the walk. And when they did, I'm like, great. I feel at home because that's what I like is collaboration.
0: Yeah. Now, Dylan, I'm curious, what has this been like for you? Because for a while, you've been a team of one. And so obviously you collaborate with others in the company, but now you actually have someone on the engineering side to collaborate with. So what's that been like for you?
1: It's really been great to have another engineer join the team and uh, work on problems together in interesting and different ways and bring their perspective to things. That's one of the things that's great about collaboration is you never really know what, like, one plus one, when it's going to equal three instead of just equaling two. Um, and I think that really kind of happened in this case, like with our contactless check-in feature. You know, like I had, we we were initially thinking, oh, well, we'll just display a QR code somewhere. And then, you know, Scott and I were kind of talking about it and we kind of brainstormed, but what else could we do to, like, make it a little bit more, user friendly and and interactive and like give it give the app a little bit of character you know and so scott quickly like jumped on doing a prototype of like actually doing motion sensing on the ipad to know oh there's something there in my field of view maybe it's a human so let me like alter my interface to sort of show something else that helps them figure out oh i need to interact with this thing and present the qr code as opposed to the qr code just being you know, static on the screen, taking up a bunch of space that everyone's just going to like walk by and, and miss because people don't tend to read. You know, when, when there's a little bit of motion that happens on an iPad somewhere, like that's going to draw your attention in. And so he did a really great job of like working together with myself to figure out like what is the right balance of, of mm-hmm. like motion sensitivity and like where do things go on the screen to like make them feel comfortable and, and usable to the user. Um, and I think we ended up with a, a really good solution. That people so far have have really liked.
0: That's great. I can imagine that, yeah, it must be fun and exciting and interesting to have someone directly in your department to bounce those ideas off of because engineering isn't something that most of us are experts at. So we don't understand (laughs) it in the way that, that you two do.
1: Yep. Very true.
0: So, as we are talking about collaborating on ideas, obviously, again, we're, we're still in the midst of COVID. We're really trying to address our customers' needs. What's on the forefront? Can you give us any insight into features that may be coming
1: out? Um, so, kind of the, the next thing that we're sort of working on is some ext- extensions into our contactless check in piece um, to enable some additional features. Like, we, we did an initial contactless rollout that was very high level. Got it out there as quickly as possible so we can address, you know, like the eighty percent of customers' needs, um, and didn't want to hold it until it was one hundred percent baked because we wanted to get it out there and test it out, make sure that we were hitting the mark. So we're gonna kind of wrap that up, and then uh, yeah, Scott and I are currently kind of working on a little bit of a—I don't want to call it a side project, but a different, you know, kind of take on some things um, that will hopefully. Uh, we'll have more to talk about in future episodes, but right now we're we're kind of keeping it internal. But but yeah, there's there's some exciting stuff on the horizon, for sure.
0: I like that. A, l- a little uh, teaser. You can't really give us much information, but we're going yeah, to hold you to yet. that. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have you come back. Um, so I'm curious about the process. So obviously, we get feedback from our customers, our potential customers about what they might like. But are you two also sitting together, collaborating and thinking, what else might we be able to do? Or does it always start with the customer needs?
1: Uh, I, I think there's there's a mix of both. Um, we definitely have ideas internally that kind of start um, as, hey, what ifs. Um, and then we always like to bounce those, pe- those ideas off of other members of the team. And then we always have those members of the team then kind of talk to the customers too in, in their interactions if, if possible and if it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, for the, for the vast majority of things, I would say uh, we're we're sort of responding to customer requests as opposed to just, you know, like engineering off in a silo or something like that, because there's nothing worse than putting something together and then throwing it out there and no one really wants it, you know? So I'd much rather like actually talk to the customer, make sure that they have a pain that where I'm actually trying to solve. Um, any ideas that don't directly come from customers are usually just like, Different ways of looking at the problem that isn't necessarily the same way that the customer sees the problem or the customer solves the problem, and more than more so than just like brand new ideas that don't have any problem. You know, we're like we're not really good at. We don't want to be hammers looking for nails, right? We want to be hammers like specifically to drive nails and solve problems.
0: Absolutely, it always comes back to the customer and their needs. So, Scott, have you um, learned anything about how? we best support our customers in meeting their needs or has anything stood out to you in the process in your first few months here at the receptionist?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stood out is we do live by radical support. So basically if customers need help or need something built, we will come to them and talk with them how best to solve their issue or how we can engineer a solution for it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And as we've said before, sometimes we can't always give them the exact solution that they think they want, but we are always going to do our best to meet their needs and find some sort of solution that they are ultimately happy with. So sometimes adjusting to meet the customer's needs isn't us always doing the adjusting, but it's adjusting how we ultimately find that solution. So As we wrap up today, what are some final thoughts or tips for companies who do need to make adjustments to meet their customer needs and and things they should consider? Scott, what do you think? Any final tips for our listeners?
2: I mean, I think you guys covered it in a previous podcast. Uh, The customer isn't always right because, you know, sometimes they think they know what they want, but really they have no idea. Uh, You know, before the car was invented, you'd ask anybody what would they want? They would say a faster horse, but then Gerald Ford came along and Here's a car, right?
0: I love that. That's such a great example. Yes, I would love a faster horse, please. And they're like, what? There's another option? That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. And Dylan, what about you? Any any final tips for our listeners about making adjustments for customer
1: needs? I think one of the biggest things I've learned uh, during this period of 2020 and COVID is to learn to slow down just a little bit, take a breath. Like There were opportunities for us to like really start running in some directions that customers were kind of pushing us into. And we could have made huge mistakes, but we did, we took a minute to really evaluate this situation, make sure we were going to head down the right path before actually going down the path or needing to switch and divert, you know, putting in a bunch of time, energy, and effort, money into one path, and then saying, whoops, that's not the right one and flipping over. So I think when there are times when it feels like there's a bunch of, you know, stress or anxiety or, um, you know, need to, Change suddenly. Like, take a step back. Like, sleep on it a couple nights, you know, or even a week, and pause and, and really reflect and make sure that that that's what you really should do. And and because yes, time could kill you. Like, not being the first to market could hurt, but it's never really going to be like a week is the thing that you know makes or breaks a new feature or a pivot or you know something like that. You know, making sure that you're actually headed in the right direction for your company and for your customer is more important. So take time to to just make sure that you're, you're analyzing all of your options.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important because especially as Scott said, when radical customer support is what we're focused on, you could then also assume. So we're just going to be quick to solve the problem, but yep. being fast about it is not always the best way. So I think that's great advice for our listeners because that likely applies across the board. So thank you both so much for joining us, Scott. Thank you for being on your very first podcast. We look forward to having you back again.
2: And I hope to be back.
0: We will definitely have you back, especially because Dylan let us know there's some things in the works. And Dylan, as always, thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Have a good one.
0: Like Dylan and Scott said, we always aim for radical support when it comes to working with our customers and those learning about us. If you want to learn more about our visitor management system, you can get a two-week free trial, no credit card required, at thereceptionist.com.